fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Wolfpack, what's going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetGeneral.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves, and we are thrilled to welcome on for the first time Mr. Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears over at The Athletic. Kevin's previously covered the Bears beat for the Northwest Herald, Daily Chronicle, and Pro Football Weekly. We're so pumped to have you, Kev. Thank you so much for joining today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And the Bears are definitely going to be one of the more intriguing teams in fantasy all this year, especially depending what happens at quarterback. So let's just dive right in and start there at the top uh, with head coach Matt Nagy insisting over and over Andy Dalton's going to be getting that starting nod as the season kicks off. My first question would be just, is there any possibility that this changes depending on what happens with the Titans this, this preseason game? I know Fields is starting. Is there any chance that he could change his mind before the season starts? <laughs> well, Matt Nagy is nothing if not stubborn. I think uh, fantasy <laughs> football owners certainly know that by watching the way he handled his running backs for a long time. Um, you know, I, I, I look if Justin Fields is you know completes every pass and throws four touchdowns, you know we can have the conversation for sure. Um, but but Matt Nagy, they've been steadfast all along. It's going to be Andy Dalton week one, so. You know, the only, I don't even want to call it surprise, maybe the only little bit of news was that Dalton wasn't going to play at all uh, on Saturday and that and you were going to get Justin Fields starting. Frankly, I'd almost be like, let Nick Foles just play the whole game. Like, you know, protect Justin Fields. Uh, but yeah, it's going to, uh, barring anything crazy, it'll be Andy Dalton on Sunday Night Football in week one. It's unfortunate for fantasy fans because we've already seen Dalton. It's tried and true. Uh, nothing fantasy. Good, no goodness there in that sense. So in the next question might be then, what's kind of your prediction for how long Andy Dalton's going to last under center there? I think you take a look at the first three, four games, right? That's probably a big, you know, like fork in the road. Yeah. If they're one and two, oh, and three, one and three, you know, oh, and four, you know, things like that. I think then you would look to see if they make that change early. If he gets through that first month, okay. And and look, they've got you know Cincinnati and Detroit at home, so it's certainly possible to win both those games. Um, you know, at Cleveland, you don't not really sure what to expect from the Browns this year. I think that Rams game in Week One is going to be tough. Um, but you know, if they're two and two, like I think like they probably like all right, let's let's ride it out. Then they're four and four. Then they're five and four. Like, oh, we're still doing okay. Like, I could see, like, so that's why I kind of look at week three, week four, um, week five being like the key part. And then if nothing changes, then you got to look all the way to the bye week. You know, you get, and their bye is pretty late this season, I believe. So you're, you're talking mid November. Um, you know, then if they're under 500, you know, yeah, maybe at that point they make the change. So I would say those are kind of the two big, big kind of you know, spots to circle on your calendar uh, for, for a potential change. Because the problem is like, as much as this staff wants to be patient, like they also need to win. So yeah. like they can't sit around if they're one and two, one and three, and they know they've got this guy and Justin Fields just ready to go. I just don't know how long they can sit and wait. But like, if they're just, to if they're just 500 for a while, like, listen, the bears have been 
perfectly content with that the past couple yeah. of years. So like maybe they'd be okay. I, I I'll say this. I think here's what I think is the actual ideal scenario for the people who run the Bears. I think they would love it if they went like ten and seven and Andy Dalton started the whole season. Oh. Right? Like yeah. I think if they if they like they're thinking like let's if we could win ten games in Andy Dalton make the playoffs like that's a successful season and that whole time Justin Fields is learning and he's practicing and we know what he's doing on the other practice field so I could like that's what they want they want the 2017 Chiefs and then they move on Justin Fields next year 2017 Chiefs a lot more talented than the 2021 Bears so (laughs) but like just just for like just for everybody who's you know watching listening kind of gets where they're coming from like that's what they want to happen I just think that's incredibly unlikely. I I hate to say I'm rooting against the Bears then, but as a fantasy fan, I think we all would much rather see Justin Fields under center, uh, and, and hopefully that scenario does not play out because I've been definitely recommending Justin Fields, even though he's a bench stash, towards your later rounds as a guy that if and when he gets on the field certainly could do some damage. I guess that's my next question would be, what what can we expect? Let's say he does take over. My ideal scenario is that kind of first one you said, they go one and three, and we already have him on the field in four weeks. Let's say that happens. What, do you, what are you seeing out of Justin Fields so far in practice, in the preseason? What do you think we could expect from him if and when he does get out there? Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at like recent rookie quarterbacks, um, especially the ones that have a running threat. And and maybe the, the best ones, like you can look at those stats as a good comp. Like I, I think Justin Herbert is certainly like top, top of that, you know, marker and obviously not known for his running, but in terms of numbers, like he was one of the best rookie quarterbacks we've yeah. seen. Um, like, I don't know if you can put him up there because he just doesn't have the horses around him. Um, and then the offensive line question marks, but he's got that running element. Like Justin Fields could run for six, seven touchdowns. And, and like mm-hmm. we know in fantasy football, like that's what separates quarterbacks to the ones that can run. And, and he's going to be, you know, that guy, just because it's a bad offensive line and mediocre offense, that guy could scramble for 50, 60 yards every sure. game. Um, so, I, you know, he's been really good in camp. He's had a pretty good preseason, some ups and downs, but like he's one of those guys who once he gets in, I could see him being like, He'll have a couple games where you're like, oh, my God, fantasy weapon. And then a couple games like, oh, he's a rookie, right? Like you're going to remember, okay, he needs time. And then if things go well by 2022, 2023, you're talking about a guy who's like a top 10 fantasy quarterback and maybe even top five when you consider the fact that he's going to run for five, 10 touchdowns a season. So I I do think he'd be extremely intriguing. But I I also want to caution everybody that like we just don't like even the best quarterbacks like the rookie years just aren't very good. Um, yeah. you, again, Herbert is the exceptional rule. You'll go back to Russell Wilson in 2012. You look at what RG3 did, certainly um, Andrew Luck. Um, but, you know, it just you, it's just hard, especially with this team, to expect a ton consi- of consistency from him. That's a, that's a really good point there. And something I might need to weigh in that the consistency might not be what I think. I just think, you know, in preseason DFS as a, the, the gambling addict I am, I was playing some daily fantasy. And I had fields in one day. And the first half, I remember, it was against Miami. Didn't do so much. He came in for another quarter and had like only one fancy point going into there. Had like 18 within the next drive because of the leg points, because of just like the big arm. So even if it doesn't look pretty at all times, it just showed what kind of explosive upside he had. So that's kind of what sold me right there. 
we will see. Uh, hopefully it's sooner than later that we're seeing him, but there is some caution that the Bears would like to have him on the bench all year. That's makes him a risk where he's kind of going right now, Ryan's around 11 and 12, so that's good to note. And Wolfpack, I see a few of your questions coming. I really, really appreciate that. Just remember, I'll get to all of those at the end once we hang up here with Kevin. Uh, and just a reminder, all your thumbs up, likes, tweets, reshares always helps get us out to more people, and it means the world to help grow the Wolfpack. Thank you, guys. Uh, Alan Robinson's the next guy I want to turn to. So regardless of who's under center, you can just guarantee they're going to be dialing up number 12 a lot. Uh, despite subpar QB play, he's been the wide receiver nine, wide receiver eight in fantasy. No small part to the fact he saw 154 and 151 targets across his two seasons with the Bears. In fact, he has seen at least 150 targets every season. He's played a full year, regardless of where he's at, regardless of where his QB is. And he's been a top 10 quarterback in all of those seasons. I mean, top 10 receiver in all of those. So the guy is clearly a baller. Now, do you think we should just expect more of the same this year? Could he even improve, whether it's Dalton or Fields? What are your expectations for Robinson this season? Well, if you think Fields is going to be th- this this massive upgrade, I-, I think everybody around him benefits, and that would include Allen Robinson. And yeah. you think about the, the, the downfield passing element. I know you don't think of Robinson like as a burner necessarily, but you know, in terms of he he put up, even last year with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, he had more 20-yard catches than any Bear has had in over 20 years. So you, you think about what he could do with Fields. But even with Andy Dalton, like, let's go through the list, right? Christian Hackenberg, Blake Bortles, Mitch yeah. Trubisky, Nick Foles. Okay. Like, you could argue Andy Dalton is the best quarterback he's played with right. in his career. Like, like you can make that argument. And you've seen what Robinson's done, as you kind of alluded to with all those guys. So, like, I, like, I, I think he's going to have another outstanding year. The motivation is obviously there in a contract year, mm-hmm. you know, not did not not shy of the frustration that the Bears did not roar him with a long term contract that he saw fit, um, you know, get heading into another position possible could get a second franchise tag could certainly be the highest played player in free agency next year, highest played wide receiver, I should say. So, uh, like, yeah, I mean, and, and this is somebody whose work ethic is off the charts. And like you see him in practice, you see what he does in the offseason. Like he's still young. Like there, there's just like it's hard to to knock him. Like the only knock really is that the, just the offense around him right. uh, might is just going to limit him a little bit. And you think about red zone opportunities, which might not have as many of those as some of the other top five wide receivers. But yeah, I mean, I I think I think if anything, Robinson could be better um, with with both quarterbacks. Yeah. And that, I mean, I, I'm a hundred percent agree with you. I think the fact that you said he's still young, like a lot of people listening, it's easy to forget that he really is only, I believe, what is it? 27, 28 right now. Um, which is crazy. Like he, it feels like he's been around forever, but he really isn't. So he's got plenty more years. He's still right in his prime. I'm fully there with you. I always like to do this with the beat writers when they come on is ask you what you think of the Vegas lines after they've had him. So his line right now is set at uh, 1090 and a half yards and six and a half TDs. What do you think of that? Do you think over? Do you think under? Is it split on different stats? Like, what are your thoughts on that line? Ooh, man, you know, I would say if, if it's over both, I think the Bears would be really happy with that. Yeah. You know, I, I think that the, the problem, and I remember doing this last year with an over-under somebody gave me with Robinson's touchdowns. I went under, and he ended up being under. And that's just, again, the consequence of this offense. Like, yeah. it's just not a good enough offense for him to score 10 12 touchdowns a season like somebody of his caliber probably should um you know when they get down to the red zone i know we're gonna get to the tight ends in a minute but like that's who the quarterback's gonna be targeting and then you think about david montgomery taking those goal line carries so like i I could see him getting i could seven like i I think six and a half is perfect for that for that to where to put that um the 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 receiving yards i go up i go over on that i mean i I really think you could because uh, like 
look, this is a team that could be trailing a lot too this season. It's going to have to be throwing a ton, and he's going to be the guy. Uh, so yeah, I would say over on receiving yards, shoot that, that touchdown is tough. Like I usually go under with him again, not a slight on him, but just a slight right. on the offense around him. Right. Yeah. And I, just for context too, he's put up 1147 and 1250 yards. So this is under what he's done in two straight years. If he does have the best quarterback of his career, and I agree with you, even if it's Dalton, it's going to be better than what he's dealt with. To me, that's one of the easiest over-under bets. I don't think that's even a question. Unless he gets hurt somehow, he's going to smash the yards. The, the touchdowns does make sense, given that they might not be in the red zone so often. And we're going to talk about the tight ends that might eat there too. But yeah, the yardage to me, you can do a separate bet on just yards. I, I think that's his lock of any lines that I've seen with any beat writers I've done this with. Uh, let's move on to the next potential wide receiver in this offense. One of the most popular breakout candidates in fantasy football. I believe you might have even actually labeled him your breakout candidate in a great uh, article by The Athletic. And again, anyone that doesn't subscribe to The Athletic, it's not expensive and it's the best coverage of all of just NFL, of fantasy. They've got great stuff too. But I love the the specific team-by-team -team coverage. I've been blessed to interview so many of you guys. And it's, I, I, there's a reason I keep trying to get The Athletic, guys. You guys are awesome. So I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, check out that article, The Breakout Players. And the guy you mentioned was Darnell Mooney. So I guess I kind of buried the lead there. But you you do like him a lot. He did have a, a, some struggles as a rookie. He seemed to always be open, but the ball was never near him. So what do you think on Mooney as a breakout candidate? Why did you pick him in that article? And what have you been seeing in camp so far? Well, I sure hope I'm not jinxing him. You know, like I, I, I feel like I've, I've talked about him a lot this summer. And the Bears have talked him up this summer. Like they're really excited about him. I also labeled him as the best player in camp. Um, wow. like you could just like the thing with him was he opened everyone's eyes week two, like suddenly he was starting and playing a ton of snaps. Um, like his run blocking impressed everybody. And like, listen, I know that doesn't matter. You would think that doesn't matter to fantasy, but if your wide receiver can run block, that means he's on the field more often. So yeah. to me, like that's a big deal. Um, and you know, we know he can fly. He's, you know, once Justin Fields comes in, you're going to have a quarterback that can take advantage of that. Cause the, the quarterbacks last year, as you talked about, didn't to me it's the route running i think his route running has really improved like watching him in camp he just looked really smooth um you know i i, I want to say he said the bears rookie record in receptions potentially it was either receptions or receiving yards last year um so you know he put up pretty good numbers from from relative to the chicago bears franchise which is generally as musha muhammad said years ago it's where wide receivers go to die so you know it's a low <laughs> bar in chicago but i like mooney a lot i i think you know they're really excited about him he trained with Allen robinson this summer um you know it's it's like hard to put kind of numbers on him but i think if you look away he did last year like that's going to go up like you're going to get uh the second year bounce from that um if it the, if the passing game is better he's going to benefit from from that i just really think the guy you know i don't know if he has the qualities of being a number a true number one if like they're going to move on from Al Robinson and put him in that category. Uh, but I do think this is somebody that has 1000 yard potential for sure. Wow. And that's, that's huge. And given that, that number of 1000 yard potential, I wonder which way you're going to lean on. This is over under set at 705 yards. And I wonder where they come up with 705, such a random number, but 705 and a half and four TDs. What do you think of both of those? Yeah, I, I go, I, it's, I go over on the receiving yards. Uh, so I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very confident in in Mooney this year. Touchdowns is tough. Like I think he had four last year. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna tease this again. Like Cole Komet could be the ultimate touchdown vulture for this team, uh, mm. and, and I just don't know how that's going to impact the wide receiver. So I'm not like that's low. 
because like, that, that's what he got last year. So I think you could you could be comfortable betting the over on that. Um, but I do think this is somebody like 800, 900 yards is definitely in play for him. Absolutely. And just to put the stats to what we were saying, what we saw on 22 deep targets, 15 of them were deemed uncatchable last year. That was 70%. 17% completion rate on those deep throws was sixth worst. And I don't think it was his fault. He was often wide open and the ball would just sail too far, too low. It just was never, never where it needed to be. And with fields coming in, 60% accuracy on those deep throws, according to PFF in college, could be great. So I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a big breakout year, round 10 or so price. I, I've been gobbling them up everywhere I can in fantasy for sure. Uh, well, we've talked a lot about those two receivers and I, that might be just the, the focus of it. Is there any other bears receivers that's worth mentioning or should we go straight to the tight ends? Do you think? Well, you know, I think that's why you can feel comfortable about Robinson and Mooney. There's nobody yeah. else you can really like, like you, if you've been reading coverage from bears camp, you've seen a lot of good things about Marquise Goodwin. Marquise mm-hmm. Goodwin was signed for the veteran minimum minimum. Like you've seen yeah. a lot of nice things about Demir bird. Sign for the veteran minimum. Like, there's a reason these guys were available. Like, they bring speed. You know, they're going to have those games where, like, they have three catches for 84 yards and a touchdown, and you get yeah. all excited. And the next week, they have two catches for 14 yards. Like, you know, it's just, I, I don't think you can rely on either of those from a fantasy perspective, which is why I, I just imagine Robinson and Mooney are going to get just the lion's share of targets and catches and yards. Yeah. I'm, I'm <coughs> sorry. I took a sip of water. I <laughs> the wrong pipe. My apologies there, <laughs> but I, I fully agree. I think it's definitely those two atop the target totem pole, which is why in fantasy, we always look for those concentrated attacks. And I think this one is very concentrated with those two, uh, but you have already teased this guy a lot. So why don't we go on in there with Cole Komet? I thought he flashed a lot of upside. Certainly, you know, one of the highest ranked tight ends coming in the last class. And it is a tough position to transition to as a rookie. Historically, we've seen that, but he still showed some good stuff, especially towards the end of the year. At the same time, Jimmy Graham still remains with the team, which could cap his ceiling. What are your thoughts on this situation? Do you think Cole Komet could break out this year, even with Graham around? And what are your kind of ex- expectations for him? Yeah, I, I think Komet is like the, kind of the ultimate sleeper for this team. Because, you know, like if you're in a fantasy draft with Chicago people, he's going to be overdrafted. If you're in a draft with like nobody from Chicago, I think he's going to be underdrafted. So like <laughs> you, you, you got to find that that sweet middle spot for him um, because like there's a lot of excitement here about him. He's a local guy. He, you know, extremely athletic, but just not utilized properly last year. And it took a long time for him to get into the offense. And the offense was kind of a mess when he first got on the field. Um, but I think they're very excited about him. Similar to Darnell Mooney, you get that second year bump in all of his stats. And what do you I mean? He didn't have 300 yards receiving last year. Right. So like, I, I think the guy can certainly double what he did last year. Um, and you know, this is somebody who was their top pick in the 2020 draft. They feel really good about him and going back to that, not having a really solid number three receiver, like, you know, commit that's where he steps in. The Jimmy Graham thing's interesting. Um, I don't think anything ticked off bears fans more that the bears decided to keep Jimmy Graham and cut Kyle Fuller and cut Charles Leno. When Graham counts 7 million against the cap, I get it. I really do. I was surprised by it. You know, the thing about Jimmy Graham is he was a touchdown monster last year. Right. And like, like if the, if they're just going to give him 20 snaps a game, you know, just limiting it to third downs and and red zone and, you know, he can still win those one-on-one balls with a linebacker or a safety. Like, why not? You know, I, I, I kind of understand it. So I think that he could, he could vulture some touchdowns from Komet for sure. 
Like Komet could be one of those guys who gets up to 600 yards receiving, 650 yards receiving, but only like three touchdowns. You're thinking for a tight end, like that's that's tough. Like I can see like that, like him being a disappointment in some ways from that regard because of Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham could have 380 yards and six touchdowns. You know, like like that's just the way that they're gonna go. Uh, but but I do think that they have really really high hopes and big plans for what Komet could do in this offense. Like Travis Kelsey is an unfair comparison, but like that's the guy that Matt Nagy is thinking about. That's the guy that was the engine that makes that Chiefs offense go. And you think about the the similarities in terms of their build and what they can do. You know, Komet could do some of the things Kelsey can do, just athletically speaking. It's just how can he work in the offense? How can he? You know, he's not anywhere near the experience level of Kelsey and the savvy of Kelsey and all those things. But just to give you an idea of like how the Bears could theoretically feature him in the offense, like that's the type of level they want to get to one day. It's not going to be this year. Probably might not be next year. But like one day, they would like their ideal is that Komet becomes that kind of guy. So like that's the type of like that's the type of player that we're talking about here. So they're going to be getting him a lot of targets. Very intriguing for sure. Even in like redraft, it sounds like there's certainly a role yardage wise, potentially touchdown wise, depending on Jimmy Graham's uh, usage down there. But certainly in dynasty leagues, it sounds like this guy has a really good long tail to him, and he's going dirt cheap in dynasty leagues right now. So if there is a Travis Kelsey potential ceiling, I mean, certainly that's like the highest possible par you could ever hit, but anything even three-fourths of Travis Kelsey down the line, I think fantasy owners would be ecstatic with. So that's something for you guys listening in dynasty leagues. Like Cole Komet, sometimes, probably not out there in a ton of waiver wires dynasty-wise, but last round pick or so, he's going late. I, I think I snagged him in mine, actually, so I'm pretty pumped to hear that uh, for sure. Very intriguing. Is there is there a world that, like, Jimmy Graham just is non-existent and Komet just kind of eats in the red zone too. Like he is pretty big, right? Oh, for sure. And like, if you look at their snap counts last year, you know, it was like Graham was up here for those watching and Komet was down here. And then eventually they kind of came and met and then they pat and then Komet passed him. Like, so, you know, that gave you a sense of like Komet's going to be the guy who's probably out there a ton and Jimmy Graham is not as much. So yeah, I mean, you could see Komet be, I mean, this is a, a team that for years now has talked about utilizing 12 personnel more and having two tight ends mm-hmm. in the field. And because what we just talked about, like the not having that really reliable number three receiver and feeling really good about Komet, like maybe this is the year they finally do it and take advantage of those two guys. So yeah, I, I could certainly see Komet like having that potential. I just like, I, I just caution because like Graham's still here for a reason. Yeah. Like they're paying him a lot of money. They're mm-hmm. going to expect him to eat when they get near the goal line. But as you said, like I think Komet from a long-term view has a lot of potential. Like I'm really interested to see what he does this year because I'm just I'm I'm confident they're going to target him a lot or at least try to get him involved a lot. I just don't know what that looks like yet. Very intriguing indeed. Well, we've covered the pass game, uh, pretty much anyone worth noting in the Bears pass game. So why don't we turn our attention to the run game? And David Montgomery, what a finish this guy had from week 12 on. Uh, this kind of seemed like a light went on. I don't know what happened, and maybe you could give us some more insight. But this was just the guy. He ended up being the number one running back for those final five weeks. He didn't score any less than 20 fantasy points in any of those games. And despite this torrid finish, it seems like fantasy owners might be a little bit skeptical because he's still falling to about round three, sometimes even four in fantasy drafts. So I just kind of want to pick your brain. Like, do you think there's any chance he picks up where he left off? What kind of led to that breakout? Or are we kind of are fantasy owners right to expect this regression here? Well, I think the problem for Dave Montgomery is 
look what happened in the final game of the season in the playoff game, like against good defenses, like they totally bottled them up. And, and if you mm-hmm. look at that production that he had in that stretch, it was against some really bad defenses. True. But the offensive line came together then. And I think from a fitness standpoint, Montgomery looks great. Like he mm-hmm. looks a little quicker, um, you know, that they're being really careful with him. So I do, you, you always worry with these guys with these running backs about the injury risk, but like he's somebody who carried the ball a ton at Iowa state. He's pretty durable. Um, he proved last year that he's a weapon in the passing game. And I think from a fantasy standpoint, that's huge. Yeah. Um, and with Tariq Cohen still out, like, like that's some, that's Montgomery going to rely on him last year. And I think this is a, this is why you can be optimistic about Montgomery is they didn't try anybody else, right? When, when Cohen went out, it was just the Dave Montgomery show and he got a ton of snaps, a ton of targets, and they saw what he was able to do. Uh, so I, I think from what like his own individual abilities, I think he's just fine. I think he's going to be a, uh, he, he's a good running back, like a, a very, he's an above average running back in this league. My worry with him is just this offense has struggled to have a consistent running game since Matt Nagy got here. Yeah. And whether it's a scheme, the line, um, you know, the passing game that doesn't really scare a whole lot of defenses, whatever it is, you know, good defenses have just shut them down. And so you get the games where Montgomery gets like 13 carries for 25 yards. And those just, just that just kills you as a fantasy owner. So I, I understand kind of the skepticism, but I also, the flip side is like, he's a really good player and he's a dual threat running back. And he's an important part of this offense. Like if you think about guys you can depend on, I think he's probably number two behind Allen Robinson, you know, but mm-hmm. just because of obviously the position I mean, from a fantasy perspective, but just like you think about his production and, and his durability last year. So, you know, it, it's an interesting one because like they would love it if he's another thousand yard rusher, but I definitely do understand why people will be a little nervous because this running game just has had moments of just doing nothing and it hasn't been his fault, but you know, it's just something to be, you know, to kind of be aware of. Yeah, certainly a couple years ago, too. I was big on him as a rookie. He came in. It seemed just never really clicked, and it finally seemed to hit there last year. One one person brought up uh, when I was having this talk that Bill Lazor was the one that took over play calling, and I don't know if that had any impact, but they've already said Nagy's going to take that back over. And I don't know if Lazor was just like, we're going to feed this guy and keep it consistent, whereas Nagy might get a little cuter with his running backs. Maybe that's something. I don't know. Do you think there's any validity to that? Yeah, I mean, look, when Laser took over, a lot of things came together and, and the, you know, the offense kind of switched a bit. We saw what happened. Mitch Trubisky played well. Like, you know, saw yeah. kind of the, you know, moving the pocket and, and, and under center and handing the ball off a lot. Um, but this is going to be a little bit more like that West Coast offense that we're used to, you know, Matt Nagy's kind of offense because they believe that Andy Dalton can run it. Um, but like there's going to be, you know, different flavors in there from Bill Laser. I mean, Laser's still the offensive coordinator. Um, you know, he and Juan Castillo are still kind of in charge of the run game. So, you know, I, I think that when, when I think about like, okay, what am I most interested to see in terms of what this offense looks like? I would say how they utilize Dave Montgomery and what the run game can produce is very high on that list. Very intriguing indeed. Well, Vegas has him set for it's, it's essentially, is he going to have a thousand season, a thousand yard season or not a thousand and a half yards, seven and a half TDs. What are your thoughts on that line? Ooh, well, I can't put too many people over a thousand yards. It is the Bears. I'm with you though. I I kept thinking like these seem really low, especially with 17 games this year. I don't know. I'm I'm Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, with 17 games, Mike. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, yeah, I think Montgomery's gonna have over a thousand yards. Like they just don't 
they don't really have anybody else they're going to hand it to. Right. So like, you know, Damian Williams has looked okay in training camp um, and, you know, comes over from the chiefs knows the offense was, you know, the, the kind of the playoff hero a couple of years ago, um, you know, certainly intriguing and add some pass catching elements. Um, but you're still, you're not giving him more than five carries a game. You know, Montgomery's still going to get 12 to 15, if not more carries every game. Excuse me. So yeah, I, I think, I think over for the yardage for sure. Yeah. Especially when I think Nagy had a quote earlier this offseason where he said like, if we can get him 20 plus carries a game, that's a, you know, a good thing. So who knows if he actually is a man of his word in that sense, and we'll give him 20 carries a game. But if he does, there's no way he doesn't hammer that over. So I like that over. I love Allen Robinson's over even more. Uh, so I'm with you. You mentioned Cohen, and that is a big piece of this because that receiving role was crucial, especially for fantasy stats. It was huge that David Montgomery took that on and shoulder. This is the last player I wanted to cover with you. It's a mystery right now. Without a timetable to return, is there any insight out there? Do you have any guesses as to when we might be able to expect him? And when we do, do you think he'll go right back into that role of the, the clear-cut guy? Or do you think Montgomery showed enough? Yeah, I, I mean – I, I wish I knew him. I wish I had information on Tariq Cohen. I mean, it's a complete mystery and that's not a good thing, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that, that's not ideal that you just, we just don't know. I mean, we did our 53 man roster projection this week and we didn't put him on the roster. Like we expect him at this point to start the season on pop, which means he's missing the first six games of the season. Now, if they think back in September, maybe he does make the roster and that we, you know, maybe we start seeing him making it, working his way back, but you know, just somebody like, him the way he works in the open field the plant and go the shiftiness you just don't know what a guy is going to do after a torn acl like that like the way he runs so it, there's just so much unknown um you know like so even when he comes back can you really be that confident in what he's going to do it's going to take him some time to get acclimated to be comfortable getting hit again i know we've seen that you can be running back and tear your acl and come back and be fine and maybe he will be fine, but I like we just there's way too much unknown there with him. I mean, I could tell you that like they love the guy and his work mm-hmm. ethic is extremely high. And in 2018, he was such a weapon for them as a runner and receiver, and they would love to find a way to get that back. Um, and you know, he, with that injury happening week three last year, they never really had the opportunity to try. So I like like they would love to figure out a way to make it work again. Uh, I, I just don't know when he's going to be healthy. Indeed, indeed. Well, we will find out for sure this year. Well, we always like to wrap up with our beat writers here, Kevin, with the no huddle offense. Uh, really quick, 10 rapid fire questions. You down to take that on? Let's do it. All righty. Number one is who's the team's leading rusher and how many yards does he have? Oh, uh, Dave Montgomery. We'll go, we'll go 1100. What about the team's leading receiver in yardage? Uh, a Rob and. Shoot, I mean, that's somebody that could get up, certainly get up to 1,100 and maybe, you know, like, you know, his his career year was 1,400. I don't think he's getting that again. Um, but with the 17th game, you know, you can go, you can talk 1,150 for somebody like him. I like it. What do you think is going to be the team's biggest disappointment on offense this year? Because I, I think it's going to be not having any production from that number three receiver. Like, I think you look at guys like Goodwin and Bird could have, you know, 300 yards receiving a piece. Like I just, I just don't, I just don't know what you can expect from those guys, especially for a full season. Um, And and both those guys have a little bit of injury histories as well. What about the biggest surprise or breakout player this year? You know, we talked about Darnell Mooney, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm I'm obviously high in him. I'll I'll throw this out there. It's just something different. I'm curious to see again, what Damian Williams is right. Like if suddenly week one, you know, he's getting targeted 
eight times. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, you know, again, we saw what this guy did in like on the national stage in the playoffs. Right. Like, he's got some ability. So I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think it's hard for me to think that he got on a level where he'd be a fantasy starter. But I would just like, be, as long as Cohen's out, like, I just would keep an eye on him. And, and, and if suddenly it's like, whoa, this guy's got something or they really like using him in their offense, you know, then, you know, maybe he's worth a flyer if you got a deep roster. What do you consider the Bears' biggest strength as a team? Biggest strength? <sighs> defense. I mean, it's still the defense. You know, yeah. defense. It's, it's that front seven. It's that defensive line and, and the pass rush. You know, from a fantasy perspective, they kind of have let fantasy owners down the last two years, which is not taking the ball away, not sacking the quarterback, which you need. Uh, but it's still it's still the best part uh, of, of that team. And their biggest weakness? <sighs> biggest weakness? I mean, right now, I would say the offensive tackle spot. Like mm-hmm. there is a world in which Jermaine Effetti picks up where he left off last year at right tackle and shows us that like he is a right tackle. Seattle screwed him up and like he's a better player here. And Jason Peters like is I mean he's a future Hall of Famer and suddenly he's playing not at that level but playing well enough. Like that scenario exists. I'm not sure how confident you can be in that scenario. So I, I would have to say right now. Like that's a huge concern on offense is that is are those offensive tackle spots. I, I guess Andy Dalton too, right? Like you just <laughs> you, you, nobody knows. I mean, like the, the guys actually impressed me a little bit in training camp, not so much the preseason. Right. Exactly. What do you think the Bears record is when all is said and done next year? Eight, eight and one. Oh, eight, eight and one. And so where do you think that leaves them standing in their division and ultimately in the conference? Yeah, I think that still could be second. And, you know, I think the Lions are probably destined for fourth. It's going to be jacking with the Minnesota Vikings behind Aaron Rodgers. Don't know what to expect from the Vikings this year. Um, and, and look, eight and eight got him in last year to the playoffs with that final seed. So yeah, I think yeah. they could be in that seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I said eight, eight, and one is a bit like when they came out of the seventeenth game, and I've just kind of decided to lean into it nice. uh, for the rest <laughs> of the off season. Like that just would be a very bearish thing to do um, yeah. was to find a way to not be above five hundred um, to go eight, eight, and one. So, but I, th- I think, I think they're in that seven to nine win range. Like, I just don't think that this roster is bad enough that they're going to be six and 11, five and 12, things like that. I think there's too many good players. And we've seen the last two years that even when they've had these crazy losing streaks, they found a way to battle back. Right. Absolutely. And the last one I have for you, or second to last one is this bears team or not this bears team, but the bears in general will win the super bowl when blank, blank, blank happens. When Justin Fields becomes a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Love it. And my last question is, do you play fantasy football at all yourself? So it looks like for the first time since I was probably 12, I will not be playing fantasy football. Yeah. Uh, Leagues have dissolved and uh, it's just been a bit of a time suck. However, I'm drafting for my former roommate next week and I feel like I might get into it and just co-own the team with him. Um, I will say this just so folks understand when you're a beat writer, it's really challenging when you have a fantasy team. Cause like yeah. I'm in the press box and I'm watching the game and you know, things are happening and like you're working on other stuff. Do you have a minute for a fun story about this? Of course, as much time as you want. All right. So it's 2015 <laughs> week 16 bears are in Tampa. It's a nothing season. I make the season's done. They're actually winning a game. Um, I'm in the fantasy championship, right? And I'm packing my stuff up to go down to the locker room. It's the last play of the game. Tampa's down by two scores, so it doesn't matter. 
Right. So they throw a Hail Mary and it's right in front of like where my seat is. So like I got a great view of this. So I'm just kind of keeping out of the core of my eye. And and Tampa, like they cat they get it. They catch it for a touchdown. I'm like, oh, like that's kind of silly. And I'm thinking, all right, what's the point spread? What's the over-under here? Did this matter? You know, and I, and I go down and then I look and it was Austin Safarian Jenkins who caught it. And then I go, wait a second. I run back to my computer. The guy I was playing in the fantasy championship had Austin Safarian Jenkins on his team. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, that's why fantasy, can, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Obviously it's a great, I love, you know, I love it, but it's just like so frustrating when something oh. like that happens. And I'm sitting there being like, I have a job to do. I got to go to the locker room. I got to interview players. I got to write stories. And I'm just like livid Fuming, about yeah. the fact that they just gave up this touchdown to Austin Safarian Jenkins. It, 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 it meant, exactly. It meant nothing to the game. Like, how could you not knock that ball down? So, like, that moment was like a very, like, wake-up call to me where I was like, man, it is kind of tough to, like, really focus on your fantasy team. And not focus on it because, like, you know, you can you can still operate, but like it's just challenging to balance that while you're actually trying to do your job. So I will say that, like, I'm, I love writing about fantasy. I love talking fantasy with you um, and, and breaking these things down because it still is football. Like, right. Like right. everything we talked about is still football. Um, but I will say, like, I won't miss those moments the heartbreak uh, like, yeah, <laughs> like that one when I like when it like happens right in front of me and like don't think I wasn't like. When we're like, it's funny because the the Bears had this safety who had a really good game, so he was kind of the one getting all the interviews. And I remember being like, "Yeah, you had a really good good game, but you couldn't have knocked down that one pass." <laughs> I hate you. You had a great game, but I hate you. Yeah. Oh man, and of all of all guys too, I mean, I, I, that name's gonna make people cringe because he had like two or three good games in his career, and one of them ended your fantasy season in the championship. That's just. Yep. Oh, that's fantasy for you. I mean, that's what it is. It's so great and then so heartbreaking at the same time. That's it in a nutshell. Oh, man, Kevin. Well, I can understand why you wouldn't want to play the game. But if you have any questions ahead of your draft uh, for your friend, always feel free to hit me up. I'd be more than happy to help you out. This has been a real pleasure. We really thank you for taking your time. Why don't you just remind our listeners where they can find you, connect with you, and, and all your work that you want to promote. Yeah, uh, theathletic.com uh, is where you can get uh, all of our Bears content, NFL content. You mentioned uh, we've got a lot of fantasy content as well. And then you can follow me on Twitter at KFishbane. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Kevin. I really, really appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. Um, and Wolfpack, I'm going to get to your questions now. Thanks again, Kevin, though. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All righty. Jeremiah, what's going on, man? Great to see you. The original Wolfpack member. That's been like the best part of this week is a lot of the OG guys I haven't talked to uh, all offseason are starting to come out of the wor- the weeds here. Good to see you, though, Jeremiah. No two. Now on Twitter again instead of YouTube. I think you threw me off yesterday. Uh, what's your thoughts on Lamb over Cooper in a full PPR league? I think you asked me that the other day or somebody did. I, I'm with it. I'm with you. I want Lamb over Cooper. All the reports, I said this on the, the last stream, have been this guy is unstoppable in training camp. That athletic article I referenced that Kevin wrote, Mooney for his breakout. C.D. Lamb was the breakout. And the writer acknowledged, this guy had a great season. It seems kind of like I'm cheating, but he is that good that I think he's going to go to 1,100, 12 touchdowns, the guy I was predicting. And I'm on, on page with that. If you watch any hard knocks, he's making highlight play after highlight play. They call it the Des days by how good he looks. So I'm I'm going Lamb over Cooper. And I think even in full PPR, like the, the thing I like about Lamb is they're moving him all over this year. He's kind of pigeonholed in that slot role last year. The one risk that I, I have to say is every time I talk about the Cowboys is what's going on with Dak's shoulder. All the latest reports are he's spraying it over the yard. It's looking good. Yards over 20-plus passes. He went like 11 for 12 the other day. I feel good about that, 
I would have felt a whole lot better to see him out there in a game, you know, take a hit, get up. I am a little nervous about that. I bumped Dak down to about QB nine. I, if he plays all year, is healthy, and they have the offense they had last year, then both Lamb and Cooper is the answer. Like they're both going to smash. Dak's going to be crazy. He was on pace to throw for like almost six thousand yards in sixteen games. It was crazy. I am a little nervous. They're going to rein in those pass attempts, but I still think it's going to be mostly the Lamb and Cooper very concentrated there at the top. I do prefer Lamb either way. What's up, Prebs? <laughs> Wolf, another day, another stream. That's that's the game, the game, man. We are in the heart, the prep of the season. I will say next week I am back to school. I'm going to still try to get live every night with the truth and do positional previews. Fingers crossed we'll be able to make that work because I also have my drafts. A lot of drafts coming up next week. We'll be back to school, so lots of planning and things to do when the real world comes to hit me in the face again. But I'm going to do my best. That's kind of why I've jammed so many in these last couple of weeks because I know the light is <laughs> – the end of the tunnel's near. So we'll see. I'm going to do my best to be live every day. But I knew you guys had your drafts this weekend, so whatever I can answer, heading into those drafts, let's get it. Uh, hey, guys, should I trade Julio Jones and Robbie Anderson for Chris Godwin? I have Mike Evans, and I think it will be valuable to get that stack. Uh, that's too much. Um, that's too much. I, I love Julio, and I really like Robbie. Like – Chris Godwin and Julio are kind of neck and neck for me. So then to toss in a really good receiver like Robbie, some nice depth or a great wide receiver three, I wouldn't do that, Mr. Trey. I know you, Samuel. You're just itching to make trades left and right all day. Stop that. No need. Stop that. I'm done with the trade, Sam. Enjoy your team. Unless you're getting a clear win, to me, that's not a clear win. I like stacking. That's more so in best ball and things like that, though. You don't have to go crazy with stacks and redraft. You're giving up too much value, in my opinion. I like Mooney in real life more than fantasy this year, says Prebs. Could be. I mean, we know he can lift the lid and bring a lot of value real life to his team. But as Kevin was saying, maybe he has a 1,000-yard season. I mean, the, the routes are a lot crisper. He's not a true number one, as Kevin was saying. But ultimately, does he need to be? He's got Alan Robinson on the other side, the definition of a true number one. So feasting on number two corners with more crisp, refined routes is in addition to that deep speed. I'm, I'm all about it, Prebs. I'm all about it. Go Pat, go, says PK, talking trash to the, the beat writer over there. I wish I had pulled that up while he was here. I absolutely love it. Uh, good to see you as well, as always, BK. Sorry I'm a little bit late. I can't forgive you, Mitch, you fucking jerk. No, of course it's all good, Mitch. I'm ha- You're here to every single one of them. It's like you don't have anything to apologize forever. You're as good of a fan as we could have ever dreamt of. You're the man. My brother's a huge Bear fan and always has been. Hyped for Fields has the jersey. I'm with I. I'm hyped up too. And as Kevin was saying, he's made all the throws. Like he's got the athleticism, has his rookie moments. And if, if, and when he takes over, he's expecting a little bit of up to up and down stuff, but yeah, I'm with you. I I think fields could be the real deal. I thought they got an absolute steal as a Patriots fan. I was really hoping he'd fall to us. Not mad about getting Mac Jones either. I mean, that guy looks delightful so far, but I, I, I really like fields. I think he's an absolute baller in this league. One of my worst losses literally came on the final play on Monday night. Uh, we're sharing our fan- bad fantasy stories. I got some heartbreak I can get into with you guys. And in fact, you guys have probably experienced it with me when I'm on air and uh, three bottles of wine and eight beers deep. And on the, uh, I don't want to go to those dark places right now. We are in a fresh season here. Uh, but let's let's relive yours, Mitch. I don't want to relive mine. Don't make me go back. <laughs> All right, Mitch, what do we got? One of my worst life- losses came on the final play on Monday night, a pass to my opponent's uh, tight end, lost by point one. Oof. Oh, that is brutal. Just like a last, uh, the final play to a tight end, like, oh, just hideous. To lose by point one is absolutely heartbreaking. 
what the, what week does Fields take Dalton's job? So Kev was saying if they don't if they go ten and seven, he's never taking the job, and that kind of scares me a little bit right now as somebody who's been hyping up Fields. He also did say in the same breath, I don't expect that. I don't think Dalton's good enough to go ten and seven. And he said you know, it could be as early as week three, week four, if it's a one and two, one and three start. But he noted they're facing the Bengals. They're facing a couple pretty easy teams in there. So if Dalton's sucking in those easy contests, then he deserves to get benched and he will. That's my ideal situation. I don't care if the Bears do good or not. Like, love having these great beat writers on to give us their information. I don't want him to win. I want I want Fields out there. Uh, he said it could be as early as like week three, week four, but he could also see it being the bye week as another benchmark, which is pretty late. He mentioned this year. I, I think he said week ten or so. So you might be waiting on him a while, and uh, that just sucks. Like to burn a tenth rounder, and I and I am advocating for it. I love it between him and Lance. Like I feel like one of those two is going to be a season winner. Maybe in both. Whenever they take over, it could be a while though. It sounds like. Uh, so that's that's a little nerve wracking. Thank you, Kevin. And indeed, thank you again, Kevin. You can find him at kfishbane on Twitter. Uh, all his stuff at theathletic.com slash Chicago. I could not encourage a subscription to The Athletic more. It is not expensive and it is such high quality content for sure. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate your, your compliments of the great show. Is Michael Thomas worth holding on to? If you have him, Jeremiah, I mean, there's no reason to cut him. Because Michael Thomas, and now that Jameis is a starting quarterback, I do feel better about all passing game weapons, including him and his impending return. But I, I also am not going out of my way to draft him. And if this is like a keeper question, like you got to burn like a second rounder, no way. Like I, I don't own Michael Thomas in any league so far this offseason just because I, it's it seems to me like it's one of those situations that he's just going to like grow worse and worse as the year goes, Jeremiah. So I don't know. I'm – I'm not into that at all. What do you think of this trade in my dynasty league? T Higgins and Gibson for Lockett, Hunter Henry, Cream Hunt, two first and a third. Oh boy. Okay. So let me, let me relook at this Higgins. So it's tricky for me to evaluate, you know, the two first and a thirds. Are they 2022 first? Are they 2023 firsts? Like those are more valuable. 2023 is apparently this class. That's going to be insane down the road. I typically side on if I'm getting the studs, even if I'm giving up more like players, I, I like that. Gibson couldn't should be a stud. Higgins, same idea. Uh and you know, Hunter Henry, bleh, nothing for me. It does seem like a lot though. Two firsts and a third. Like, you know, a first could be Jonathan Taylor if this was a couple seasons ago. Like if I don't think that. So 2022 and 2024, you said, Mike, I see your comment just kind of came in. I think it's a lot, but if you are like in that mode of I'm winning now, you got players that can help you do that and have the long tail. I don't know exactly which side you are on in this side. I This is one where though in a dynasty, I might like the fluidity of the first, the third, plus Lockett, like who is on par with Higgins, even if Higgins dynasty a little bit higher because he got a little younger. It, Gibson's clearly better than Hunt and Henry if you're looking at it just player-wise, but then two firsts and a third to get Gibson. I'm still new to Dynasty, so don't like go too crazy on my recommendation here. And that's why I'm doing the league this year to kind of really give in and, and feel confident in my recommendations by the end of it. I feel like all those picks and players is a little too much for like a Higgins and a Gibson. I feel like you might have wanted just a little bit more. But I, I'm no, I'm not, I, I will say I'm not the best Dynasty person here. Uh, what's up with all the confusion on Jameis being named the starter? Initially stated and then turned – oh, is that true? I thought Schefter confirmed this morning. I haven't seen anything new 
yet, Mitch. So you have to let me know uh, if, if anything's been flipped since then. But the what I read this morning was Jameis is the starter, and I updated my rankings thinking Jameis was the starter. Kamara went up to fourth. Um, if that's not the case, then that's that's important. So let me know what you saw, Mitch. I uh, got pick eight Sunday. I got seven, so I like that. Can I get a top three picks at eight? And what should I target at the turnaround? Says Tunes. Of course, my man. Uh, I have seven, and these are the three guys I'm looking for: Zeke, Kelsey, Kamara. I mean, uh, Zeke, Kelsey, and uh, Adams. Probably more so Adams than any of those guys. May- maybe Zeke at the top. Um, those are the guys I'm hoping for. Those guys might be gone at eight. So let's say those guys are gone. <sighs> I think actually one of them is like destined to fall to you, right? Like one of those three will have to be there at eight. So you'll be in good shape there. Um, but if, let's say they, they're not, and I'm miscounting here, miscalculating. If it's half or standard, I like I like Chubb a lot. If not, I do like Aaron Jones. I think he's going to get a, a huge target boost this year. Uh, so I might go to one of those running backs if it's not one of those other three, Adams, Kelsey, or Zeke. Brebs, final draft next week. Here we go, baby. It's that time of the year. Um, do you see why I took Dalton late in the Dynasty League? Haha, I was afraid of Fields getting the Mahomes treatment, I guess. But are you really going to start Dalton and feel comfortable about it? Like, he'll get you as many points as a typical, like, RB3. <laughs> Dalton sucks. <laughs> so no tunes. I don't. 2022 and 2024. Yeah, oh, that's the first you were talking about. You'd be getting Gibbs. I think you were giving up a little too much in that one, Schneider. But Again, if your team's built to sustain, you know, those losses of the future picks and you're in that in it to win it mode, like that's I can see it. But I do like Hunt. I do like Lockett, like Hunter Henry, eh, the useless. But all those picks does does get a little bit expensive in my opinion. Knox, Ebron, got it. Or should I stick with Irv Smith at tight end? Asked Jeremiah. Uh I like Irv Smith over all these guys. Goddard would be my next because I just believe in the talent, but I am worried about this committee situation going there. But of those guys, I like Irv Smith there. Um, Rappaport. Oh, that's that's the guy that tweeted out. I'll have to uh, I'll have to check that out then. Just had pick eight and Adams and Zeke were still on the board. I took Zeke. Yeah, I I would typically go running back too. Zeke's looked slimmer, faster. Like I, I love Zeke. I, at seven, I'm kind of hoping that's what happens. Stating all points are leading to him being named the starter, but it's not official yet. Okay. I think it's going to happen though, right? Like uh, my favorite beat writer, like of, of certainly the saints and one of my favorite of all time, Nick Underhill tweeted out today. Like there's no way they could go any other direction based on how Jameis is playing both in camp in practice, but also in the preseason games. Like he looked really good and I can't wait to see Jameis again. I'm so excited. So I really hope that's not true. Uh, I can DM you. Yeah, sure. Please, Michael. Please do. Um, But I still think you'd probably be giving up too much. If you can whittle that down to like one first and not the other stuff, then then I might feel better about it. How early would you draft James Robinson? Uh, Muhammad, great to see you. I would say I have him going in round three now. I I Big bump up the big board. I think I have him coming in at like 33-ish. I would go Montgomery and Carson. I, I prefer Carson than Montgomery. And then Robinson, who I would go over Swift and Dobbins, if that kind of helps place it for you. He's in that third round running back mix, in my opinion. I've seen him fall as far as fourth round, so you could take advantage of that if you'd like. Uh, but yeah, that's that's right around where I'd go. I have no RB three. Acres went down. Yeah, that's that did, that was painful. Um, he may be the best option 
at Superflex, and if anything happens to Tannehill, I would be screwed. Yeah, that's. I mean, okay, you can justify Dalton all you want, Tunes, but I'll never give him a ringing endorsement. That's for damn sure. <laughs> all right, Mohamed, great to see you too. I really appreciate it, guys. Best of luck this weekend. I think what I'm going to try to do, because I know this is such a draft-heavy weekend, one, I need to get my guide out. I've had polled all-nighters. I just I just want it to be worth the money if I'm going to charge people for it. So I want the projections to be great. I want the guide to be great, and I keep – you guys know me at this point. I'm a perfectionist that gets it his own way when it comes to that type of shit. So I'm doing my best. I It should be out this weekend. But the, in the off chance it's not – and you don't have my picks, I do want to try to go live and maybe update the big board based on what happens on Friday, uh, what has happens on Saturday's contest. I, I'm going to update them throughout the weekend. I usually do the Monday market check. Uh, either, I'll either do it live and be able to interact with you guys or at least just be confident knowing I'm going to be updating these rankings as stuff happens in the games because it is such an important um, weekend. <laughs> this makes me laugh. I have you say nibbling people's cheese for the last month. I don't know where it came from or why, but yeah. That's tight ends nibbling each other's cheese. Like it, I keep saying it too. Um, this may be a Jar- Jarvis Landry. Yeah, your biggest Jarvis Landry fan in the world is Tunenberg. Biggest Andy Dalton fan in the world. I got to make sure the boys know that you absolutely love Andy Dalton. Uh, but don't worry, guys. I will be updating those big boards throughout the weekend. And I'll do my best to get live at least once in case you guys have draft day questions. Because I love it. I love I love talking to you guys. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. All of our content is at rotostreetjournal.com, where we breed and feed you fantasy wolves. Mitch, you got a comment in here before I hung up, so why don't I do it? Because you're the best. See Robinson outdoing Carson, but I see where you're coming from. Just don't know how heavy Meyer will also uh, likes to run the ball. Yeah, he does. He, he's gonna. They're gonna be towards the top five in rush attempts. So yes, but if Carson stays healthy an entire season, of course, I really like this new offense. Um, Mitch that they're putting in under Shane Waldron, same offense that led to Todd Gurley being an absolute monster, marrying the run and pass. Uh, Carson's raved about how he split out wide. He's being used in screens more like that's the whole name of the game with this offense, fast paced, pretty run heavy, but very creative in how they use their running backs as well. And that same report that talked about the offense said they have no interest in giving anyone else the ball. It's the Carson show. And we've seen it like when he plays as, as long as he's healthy and he's on the field, He's going to get your top 10 weekly numbers. It is a matter of health, but everybody's at fucking injury risk, you know? Like, so I, I'm very excited. I think Carson could bring his game to another level that we haven't seen. Uh, but guys, thank you again so, so much. It always is awesome to see the, the repeat people here. It makes means the world. Uh, keep your eyes out for that guide, for those projections, if you do want to help us get towards uh, our next level so we have some money to get to those stock profiles we always talk about. It would mean the world if you consider supporting us. Um, when they do come out, hopefully it's before your draft, so it's actually useful as well. Um, I'm going to be slaving away today, no doubt about it. But, guys, have a great weekend. Best of luck in all your drafts. Big boards updated today, so fresh as, fresh as possible rankings at roasterjournal.com if you're drafting this weekend um, on the app as well. So check those out. You can find me at Twitter, at Roto Street Wolf Podcast, if you prefer that, to live streams. Fancy fullback that where we pave your path to 2021 titles and we keep trying to grow that audience. So if you haven't already and you like the content, please consider subscribing, turning on that bell so we can always be live on your radar and answer your questions when you're here with us. Thank you guys again. Best of luck in your drafts this weekend and in a world full of fantasy sheep. Be that wolf. Later, guys. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the
Football right there, folks. 